Welcome to Faith Kit, a weekly conversation with Reverend Dr. Glenn Miles and noted guests, dialoguing their life of faith in today's culture. Let's join Dr. Miles and today's guest. Hello and welcome to Faith Kit. My name is Glenn Miles. I'm the senior minister here at First Community, and I'm glad to welcome you as our listeners on this day. Today, my guest is the Reverend Mary Kate Buchanan, Minister of Pastoral Care. She's now been on our staff one year and 20 days. I believe that's correct. Is that right? Yeah, if it's the 20th. It's one year and 20 days. She's been a great addition to our team and things are rolling along really well. Um, Mary Kate, why don't you take a moment and especially since you're still uh, that new minister, uh, why don't you uh, take a moment to tell us more about yourself, your family, where you're from and all that. I think I'm going to be that new minister for a number of years. Um, I grew up in Hudson, Ohio, just north of here. Um, I grew up on the outskirts of Hudson. Hudson's like a cute little quaint town, but I grew up on a farm on the outsides, um, on the outskirts, um, by the railroad tracks. <laughs> um, we a had, real life farm? You had animals and things? There was chickens and oh, wow. all sorts of fun rabbits and such. Um, yeah, so my experience of Hudson was a little bit different than your typical neighborhood folk. Um, but my mom was into dressmaking, actually. I was thinking about this the other day. So it's a little bit of a like local fame situation she has these like they're now considered vintage um but she would um make these dresses with her her best friend janet and then they would stamp them like um like stencil them and there's still these vintage uh d and j dresses oh, that's cool. around hudson so yeah. yeah that's what she did uh for the majority of my childhood um and then she took a position as a director of children's ministries at my church um in hudson first congregational church um my dad owned a restaurant in town and so um it was fine dining it was like one of the first uh wave of the like farm to table movement um, which was kind of cool to grow up in. I thought for the entirety of my life that I wanted to be a pastry chef. And so I spent a lot of time in that kitchen, mostly sneaking bread and these little chocolate sticks that they kept in the refrigerator in the back. And I knew where they were. Um, so that's what they did. I have an older brother, too. He lives in Charleston, South Carolina. He really tried hard to like go the opposite direction of our parents, as teenagers do. And he ended up in the hospitality business. So um, he works in hotels and restaurants. Of in course Charleston. he does. <laughs> yeah. Of course he does. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, my dad no longer owns the restaurant, though. He um, <laughs> he moved um, he moved over into a very different uh, sphere and works with the steel union at a um, at a steel plant, a steel galvanizing plant in um, Pennsylvania. And so I didn't know what galvanizing was until he started doing it. And now I know that it's the shiny thing on the uh, on the side of the road on the little guardrails. Apparently it's the shiny stuff that goes on there. So in case you don't know what galvanizing is, now you do. So now I can be driving down the road with my wife and say, ah, oh, that's what Mary-Kate Buchanan's father does. Um, you joke, but that's what my dad does all the time. He's like, oh, we galvanized that. <laughs> He's like, oh, we should have galvanized that. <laughs> Anytime something's rusted, we, we hear about it. Well, you understand. Yes, you, you get it. Uh, well, cool. We're so glad you're here um, on our staff. And, and I'm glad that you had a call to ministry. Tell us about your call. How did you experience that? Uh, uh, was, it a, was it a bright, shining light? Was it over several days, months? Tell us about it. Yeah. Um, I think that the spirit was probably exhausted by the time I finally said yes to the call to ministry. Um, 
I grew up in the church, as I said. My mom started there when I was in second grade. Um, And so it was always easier to walk to the church than it was to take the bus all the way to Mm. our house. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I would walk to the church and spend a lot of time there. Um, So I ended up like naturally in leadership positions in middle school and in high school and always was roped into, you know, VBS and all that stuff just because my mom was there and so was I. Um, and you were so, sort of a, per- a preacher's kid. I was a little bit of a preacher's kid. And the, the people of the church and like the pastors of the church were just our friends. Um, and so it just felt very, very natural, which is part of the reason why I think I just didn't notice the Spirit speaking to me that whole time. Um, but yeah, so lots of leadership positions. And then I went to college and I was always super interested in religion in general. Um, took a lot of like world religion classes, learned a lot about Islam, took a trip to Turkey. All these things. Um, I ended up creating a major out of religion on accident because I took so many classes and they hunted me down and were like, you have to declare religion as a major. Um, It wasn't until my junior year that my religion advisor called me into his office and was like, what are you going to do with your life? And I said, I don't know, maybe a speech pathologist. And he's like, okay. Um, And so I spieled at him about why I want to do that. And then he's like, have you thought about seminary? And I said, what's that? Um, (laughs) And he immediately was like, are you kidding me? Uh, You were raised in the church. So he told me to Google it. So I Googled it. And I came back the next day and realized that the spirit had been speaking to me that entire time. And I called my mom and I was like, hey, I think I'm going to go to, I think I'm going to go to seminary. She's like, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) We've been waiting for this. Great. So instantly enraged and very mad at my, my parents for not telling me that that's what they thought I was going to be doing. They never said anything to you? No. Really? Mm -mm. Yeah. So things kind of tumbled from there and it was one of those red thread moments, you know, where all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, mm -hmm." my entire life has been leading me to this point. Um, And affirming that call was very affirming <laughs> of all those things. We uh, we have some similar backgrounds. Uh, obviously, I'm a, I'm way older than you, but what um, I know it, you, it doesn't show. I know um, I, I, I've lost my hair. If you've noticed, I did not notice. Yeah, that. Th- thank mm-hmm. you. Good. Uh, the, uh, um, I really thought I was going to be a teacher and a coach, which is not that different from ministry. I mean, there's some of the same skills in, involved as far as far as that goes. We're going to start running wind sprints with our program staff next no, thank week. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but but. Um, uh, same kind of thing. A, a preacher's kid, loved the church. I, in my sophomore year of high school, I taught the seventh grade Sunday school class, you know, yeah. and and I, in, in junior high, I was the youth board rep, uh, the representative to the, the youth representative to the, to the governing board. And I you know, went to a little Bible college, mostly to play basketball, but um, <laughs> only played one year. I was terrible. Um, uh, you know, and so looking back, it was like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the phrase I always came up with, uh, as I look in the rearview mirror of my life, Absolutely. I can now see uh, that that the road led to where, where I am today. Mm. Um, uh, and that that's uh, there's some similarity there in, in terms of just sort of holding it off by at arm's length, as it were. Absolutely. Uh, and then getting just slammed over the, the top. All right. Yep. So um, we're in the middle of our um, stewardship campaign for 2023, uh, The Giving Life. 
And one of the ideas we've we've emphasized here is that uh, this year, and, and really more so than just about any year since I've been here, frankly, any any year be- before, um, is that the act of giving is a part of our spiritual practice. Uh, there's a there's a business aspect to the church, of course, of counting our income, paying careful attention to our expenses, making sure we live within our budgets. All of that, of course, matters, and and we want to be able to to, to care for the building and take care of our staff. Etc. But uh, really, um, the reason we do this is part of our spiritual practice. Tell, tell us about your own spiritual practice and how this has been a part of your your um, your life. Yeah, um, I think when I was reflecting on this question, I thought about um, just how visual of a person I am. Like I'm a visual learner for sure, um, but I love that aspect in worship too. It's the reason why I really love communion. It's so very visual watching everyone come forward and receive mm. sometimes from the same loaf or from the same plate or whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. Mm-hmm. But that's part of the communal aspect of it is what um, is deeply meaningful. And it is a spiritual practice for me is watching that and, and praying for each person as they come forward. Um, so that's kind of part of it. In the same in the same way, passing the plate does the same kind of thing for me. Is watching us all come together with a communal plate, um, and and offering up whatever is in our wallet for that day, or whether it's our pledge card or whatever it is. Um, it does the same thing for me. It helps kind of center me as a member of this community. Makes me think like, oh, I'm really important, and also I'm really small and just a big, a smart, a small part of this big congregation, um, and that it really matters to give. So that's that's definitely part of it. Um, the other part is that I think I shared with you with shared this with you the other day that I kind of just let my pledge go before. Um, I even see it show up in my my paycheck. Um, and that's something I've done ever since I entered into the ministry. Oh, great. Um, is kind of just uh, say, I, I want this out before I even see it. Um, and as a way of just saying thanks to God, because my life is a gift from God and I want to give back. Um, and so that's been a spiritual practice of mine ever since I've actually received a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, um, when you were a little kid, was giving a part of your, your practice there too? Absolutely. At, at the church? Yeah. yeah and um, I remember in Sunday school, we did that. Was it called the Heifer Project? Yes. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That was so fun. Just giving, a like, even if it was a quarter or whatever it was, we filled up those little piggy banks. And I think they were um, Noah's Ark themed. And so it was a little ark and we would fill it up to the top and then we got to buy a cow, you know, like, right. it was just right. so cool. Buy a cow or a goat or whatever for a family in need. I don't remember where it was, where they were from. I don't remember uh, some uh, of the details. Heifer has projects all over there. They're in the United States. They're all over the uh, all over the world, as far as I understand. Our church yeah. has, has been engaged with Heifer at various levels over, over the years. Oh, wonderful. Here at First Community, I, I loved it as a youth minister because exactly right. Hey, we raise a hundred bucks and we buy two cows or two well, probably yeah. not two cows for hundred bucks, but yeah, the, it was a, it was a great fun. We'd put a big giant cow up on the wall and yes. fill it in until you know until we got enough money to raise or, yeah. uh, to buy it. That I sort think of thing. that was yeah. the like again that's the visual aspect for me. Like you can you feel like you're. You're giving towards something very tangible. Um, <laughs> it's a cow, um, but yeah, I, I do remember that. And it was such a celebration as we we passed around the plate in Sunday school that it was fun to give because you knew that you were working your way towards something really really meaningful. So I love the other aspect of what you said about um, 
uh, watching the offering plates go by and, and dropping something in. Um, uh, when I was in Kansas City, uh, the chair of the Stewardship Council one year um, was talking at dinner about, oh, I've been invited by, by Glenn to be the chair of the Stewardship Council. I'm going to say yes, and I'm looking forward to it. And his daughter looked at him and said, but Daddy, we never give anything in the offering plate. And he said, well, we, we give by credit card, or no, like you, automatic withdrawal. Yeah. And and she said, oh, well, I just assumed we never gave anything because I never see you, mom, you or mom put anything in. Uh. So he started doing just one or two dollar bills in the plate as a physical act of dropping something in as a spiritual practice. And, and you know, it was an extra $50 to the church. So that wasn't a bad thing. And we That's actually, uh, at different times, I've, I've said to folks, you know, even if you if you give by credit card or you set up an, a, a regular withdrawal from your, your bank, Think about doing that. If you have some some uh, bills in your hand, in your pocket, you'll know, just drop those in. I always try to drop something in the plate at the nine o'clock service, just so that I'm doing the same thing. It's a it's a matter of participating in. Yeah, the ritual aspect of it. There, it's the cool reason why we love aspects of church, you know, and aspects of worship is the ritual, the ritual act. It's 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 why we say the Lord's Prayer. It's why we right. stand for the doxology. There are certain <laughs> yeah. things. Um, that that feel good to do yep. every week, and that doesn't mean we can't do new things or try something different. But but yeah. uh, you, we the rituals matter absolutely for, for sure. All right, um, tell us about a time when you were maybe inspired to give more than uh, you initially thought possible. Maybe maybe you you had, had made it pledged at a certain amount, and 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 you thought about it or prayed about it, or somebody challenged you and said, you know, can you can you stretch a little bit? Can we do? It? Tell us about a time you did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Immediately, I thought of um, it was it was just a, a month or so ago, and I was pledging on my phone, um, just like instead of in the the plate, and I accidentally typed in um, twenty thousand instead of twenty dollars. <laughs> well, thank you for that gift. That's very great. That's wonderful. I am not confessing that I gave you twenty thousand dollars, <laughs> oh. but I was imagining then once I once I caught it, I was imagining the conversation I would have with you. Yes, um, and needing that back. Um, but anyway, if, if you could get it back from the business office, that 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 would be on, <laughs> on them, not me. <laughs> um, that is not what I want to talk about. Um, I remember I served as a um, college summer missionary. Um, I had served as a high schooler. Um, and we had, I'm trying to explain what this is, one college student, three high school students, and the college student is in charge of creating a summer program of visiting all of the places around town that we do regular mission work with. Oh, cool idea. Um, yeah, very cool. A way of really uh, maintaining that connection all the time and um, seeing a personal face to the money that we send or the thing that we only do once a year or twice mm-hmm, a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that as a high schooler, and then as a college student, I came back and was the college leader. We served at Miller Avenue Church in Akron, Ohio, um, and we ended up serving there like two or three times a week with a um, children's summer program. Hmm. And we would we cooked. I wish I knew the number. Uh, we cooked so many hot dogs and hamburgers, um, and you know I'm a vegetarian. Um, I'd never cooked a hot dog <laughs> until until I served as a summer missionary. So we were there uh, two to three times a week for the entire summer, really got to know the pastor there, um, and spent so much time with a huge group of kids who really were coming for a meal and ended up with um, great adult leaders in their life. Um, How many kids? 
gosh, it really it fluctuated anywhere from 30 to 50, I would say. It was a lot, um, and especially in a very small, small church um, with not a lot of money. Um, it was an incredible experience, and by the time we were done, we all had formed these amazing bonds, um, both of the kids and the pastor and each other, and we got really excited, and we were going to celebrate by going to the original Swensons. I think there's Swensons now in Columbus, but the original Swensons was in Akron. We were going to go there and go to Dairy Queen, and like that was going to be our big celebration of the summer. And so the high schoolers brought their money, and um, we were ready to go, and we got to the end, and they were passing the plate around at our like final worship service and the girls all put in their money for Swenson's and Dairy Queen. And they inspired me. And here I am a college student. Um, no surprise to you. The summer missionary program doesn't pay a whole lot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I took all my babysitting money out of my wallet and just chucked it in the plate and was like, this is, this is God's work here. Um, it makes me emotional talking about it. That's so, great. Yeah. That's a great story. That's exactly what I was looking for, for sure. Yeah. That's it. A very, it was a very tangible way to share God's love with these folks and continue the ministry. So, I, think, I really appreciate you sharing that story. I, I'm thinking about in a, in, in a sermon, let's see, your, your week three here, I think, is when your, your podcast is going to go out in, in this Sunday sermon or maybe the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, about a time I was challenged by a, a financial consultant at a, at a church where we were in the middle of a capital campaign. Wow. And I showed him what my pledge was. And, you know, Julie and I had two little boys and we we're putting money in their college funds. And, and, you know, we'd just bought a house for the first time ever in our lives and all, all those sorts of things. Of things and and uh, I, you know I was I was paid fairly but we weren't exactly rich um, <laughs> and he just looked at my pledge and said it needs to be four times higher wow uh, and, and really we really really did and and Julie and I spent a lot of time uh, a lot of prayer too saying how are we gonna do four times and we did it wow and three years later the, I, I remember writing the final check we couldn't make a, a, a pledge that large and pay it you know one time we spread it out over three years. I remember Julie saying to me at the end, you know, the coolest part about this is once we got into the habit, we didn't miss it. Yeah. You know, and at the same time, we're so proud that we're part of this campaign and we're helping to strengthen this church and that we were doing some new building projects and stuff. Um, yeah, it's really it's really fun to get stretched and and for a college kid to uh, do that. Yeah. That's that's huge. That's yeah. huge. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I should confess, Mary Kate, I've had people say to me, she's very young, but she has an old soul. Oh, <laughs> Talking I've about heard that. <laughs> ta- talking about you, and it really does show. I mean, you've got you've got a maturity beyond your uh, what I what t- what some people might expect from uh, a younger person. Um, all right, so let's keep moving on. Um, now, take your pastor's hat off, set that to the side, uh, um, and and just say why you give to this particular uh, community of faith. What is it about um, this place that inspires you to give? I don't think it's any surprise that it's the message of this place of love and acceptance and welcome. Um, It's just, it's unique, Mm. um, especially out in in our culture that is just not that way. Um, And I think it it is a surprise that it continues to be a surprise for other folks. And there's no better joy than talking to someone and hearing, oh my gosh, I'm welcome there. Um, And... It, it happens time and time again, you know, it, at least once a month, sometimes multiple times a month, hearing from someone like, 
I grew up in a church that never welcomed me or um, I went to a wedding once and it was really embarrassing to not be able to take communion or, you know, story after right. story after right. story. Um, and this place is a true sanctuary um, for folks to come and experience the divine um, in a place that welcomes them all of their past and all of their future and be able to walk with folks. And I think that that's, that is a message and a ministry that I will always contribute to. So. The amazing thing is this church has been that way for a hundred years. Isn't that great? In a a time when you wouldn't necessarily run into a church that would be as open and accepting as, as we are. Absolutely. Uh, You know, we were 15 years ahead of the country in terms of doing same gender marriages. Um, I mean, it's all sorts of things that we could, we could name that way. Uh, A couple of Sundays, well, it's more than a couple now. A few Sundays ago, I told a story about a pastor refusing communion to some folks who were wearing rainbow lapel pins. I remember. In support of the, uh, showing their support for their LGBTQ friends mm-hmm. and, and such. And he took the communion away. When I told that story at 11 o'clock, I heard four or five, um, uh, uh, what's the, what's the word? Gasps. Like, gasps <laughs> from the choir behind me. Um, yeah. You know, that is so much a part of who we are, where we just welcome everybody and everyone's invited to the table. It's, it's really hard to get outside that bubble sometimes and realize there are still churches who this Sunday, yeah. We'll say, who are you? You believe what? Or you're, you're, you're a gay person. You're a, no, mm-hmm. no. It's amazing how, how many of those churches still exist. Absolutely. Or say they're welcome and then ask you to change once and, you're in there. It's like, yeah, glad you're here. Uh, all redheads welcome. Now here's your hair dye. You need to, yeah, exactly. you, you need to make it blonde. Yeah, yep. for sure. All right. So now put your pastor hat back on. Okay. If you were preaching a stewardship sermon, what would you focus on? What would you want the folks listening to you, hearing you preach to experience? I think that I would preach on God's provision that God promises to provide. Um, The very first time that I preached any sort of a sermon, I don't think that it was a full sermon. I think it was more of just like a brief testimony, but I was shaking in my boots. Um, It was a small country church. It's where my grandparents have gone to um, gone to church ever since I was a kid. Um, That was the first place that I ever preached. And my sermon was on um, holy ground, on sacred ground. Mm. And I was talking to the pastor who I've known since I was a kid. I was talking to him and I met with him in the church and we were talking about sacred ground and he shared his testimony of God's provision and the sacred ground that is the very spot that we happen to be standing on. Um, Dead, dead center of the congregation. He said so many things have happened in this spot, whether it's tears or weddings or Mm. funerals or whatever Mm. it may be. But personally, this is holy ground for me. Because him and his wife, same, similar story to you, um, brand new baby, they were out of formula, 100%, no money, nothing at all. And he was standing in that spot and he said, I was standing and then I wasn't standing. I hit my knees and said, God, I don't have any money. I cannot feed my children. What is going to happen? And he said, at that moment, and no joke, someone knocked on the door and said, I have a donation and I don't know where to put it, opened up the bag and it was a whole bunch of baby clothes, baby supplies. And it was a horrible, horrible experience for that family that turned into an unbelievable blessing for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. So he shared the story of, of his holy ground. Um, 
and in my reflection on that, I was like, this is an incredible story about God's provision and um, the power of our stories when we share them, when we share our testimony, um, that that's, that's provision in itself and a way to bolster our spirits in order to, to keep moving on. So I don't know what this, this scripture would be. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. I'm sure you've got great stuff coming ahead with your sermons, but um, I think that's where I would focus. That's a great story, and it, and it really does kind of make the point of, of God's bounty um, and, and the way God provides. Um, that was what I did on the first Sunday was, uh, you know, that story of the Israelites escaping um, uh, slavery in Egypt and kind of complaining. All the, did, you, did you hear the line in there, too? The entire congregation. Yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, I was just, poor Moses. <laughs> The entire congregation, everyone is sending him emails. Um, and he basically comes back and says, just look around, will you please? We, yeah. We've got what we need right here. Okay. And I, I think that's a, um, a your story, that story. I think that's really what we're trying to say during this campaign, during this season mm-hmm. is look around. We, we have enough. We, we really do. We really do have, have enough. Um, someday I'll tell you the story about my first sermon delivered my senior year of high school. I went, to a, I went to a private Christian school. And we had um, uh, chapel every day and we had a Wednesday night service that we were required to attend in, mm-hmm. in addition to Sunday morning. And uh, I got to pre. I was asked to preach at the Wednesday night, Wednesday night service. Mm-hmm. Uh, I preached on First Corinthians thirteen, and there was this uh, really cute girl named Julie that I was trying to uh, really impress <laughs> with my sermon. Um, she doesn't remember the sermon at all, but she did say yes to marrying me. So I, I guess that, I guess Success. that worked. All right, last thing. Um, uh, I always let my 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 guests on Faith Kit have have the last word. What would you uh, like our listeners to hear? Well, as you said, it's been a, a year and twenty days. Um, and it's already been such a blessing. And so I, I am looking forward to continued blessings as we move through many more years at First Community. Mary-Kate, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're part of our team. It's, it's always uh, energizing to be around you. you you've got uh, great, a great uh, heart for ministry, and I'm thrilled you're here. And that's it for Faith Kit. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being with us in this episode of Faith Kit. Join us next week for another enlightening conversation.